Welcome to Comedians with Ghost Stories. I'm your host, writer, and comedian Emily Winter. And am I staying in a haunted Airbnb? I am not sure because I have been having really weird dreams and waking up in the middle of the night being like, what? What's that? What's that? Who's there? Um, and that could just be because I'm in a creaky old lake house. But also, uh, my husband thought that I came in the room and said like, wooey, or some weird thing that I always do that I am totally unaware of. And I was uh, not even home or like in the living room, like as far as you could be away. So that freaked him out. And now we're both kind of freaked out. And you know when you're both freaked out, it just adds to the crazy energy. And also, you can kind of convince yourself of anything. So I'm going to say for now, no. No? No, but I'll keep you posted. And I hope, I don't know what I hope. Well, I hope it's good, guys. Yeah, I hope that there's guys, but they're good guys. Today on the podcast, I'm super excited to have comedian Lisa Quam. Lisa, thank you so much for doing the pod. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Oh, I'm so excited. And you are uh, here in Madison, where I am. So that's so wonderful. And um, so you have multiple stories and you just started to tell me one. And I'm like, oh, we got it. We got to turn on the podcast because it's too good. So... <laughs> Let's tell everybody about your socks. <laughs> yeah, so I um I've had a lot of encounters, but one of the weirdest ones, and I I think it's my grandpa that does it, but um, you know, over the course of the last probably 30 years, I have found pennies and dimes in my shoes or in my socks. For um, 30 years? Holy smokes. Like, yeah. so I'm assuming you've moved in this thir- in this time, right? I have. Yeah. yeah. But it, you know, at first, the first couple of times it happened, it was just kind of like, oh, that's weird. Maybe like, maybe I stepped on a penny before I put my socks on. Um, but yeah, it keeps on happening. And it's, it's really strange if I'm actually at work and I'm wearing socks and I walk around and I can all of a sudden feel, you know, a dime or something rolling around in my sock. Do you know how much money in ghost change you have earned over the years? Gosh, that's a good question. I mean, maybe $2.41. <laughs> that's better than nothing. That's that's so, so okay. So why do you think it's your and I'm assuming like your grandpa's spirit rather than your actual yeah. grandpa? Yeah. yeah. So why did yeah. um you know I think it's my grandpa because when I was a little girl, he would always give me his change that he had. Oh so if he had like some pocket change, he would just give it to me. Um, and so it seems like it happens when I think about him a lot, where all of a sudden I'll be, um, you know, I'll just be somewhere and I'll wake up and I'll put my, go to put my shoes on and there'll be a dime in there. Um, he, I think he also leaves feathers for me. I'll, I'll have feathers, um, like sitting on my car seat or, um, you know, stuck to my clothes after a day of work. And I, I don't work at a chicken factory. So I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure where they're all coming from. And do you feel, I mean, feathers, I feel like it's a common one because um, birds and feathers are, are, people say that's how spirits visit them. Do you, did you have any particular personal relationship to feathers? Not really. I mean, all, other than all my grandparents were farmers. And so, you know, these, these tend to be like almost little chicken feathers that, okay. that happen. Um and so, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's one of them. I just haven't figured out which one is doing it. 
That is so sweet. Do you feel particularly spiritual or in touch? Because now I'm jealous that my grandpa isn't leaving me money. <laughs> um, you know, I do. I've always kind of felt spirits and and presence of other people around me. Um, so yeah, I um, you know, I don't always know who's around me, but nine time or ninety nine percent of the time they're friendly. So. Um, that's great. Have you ever felt something negative? Yeah, we, uh, so we, we lived in um, a different house than I live in now and I was in bed and I was reading and all of a sudden the room got super cold, like really, really cold. And I felt something sit next to me on my bed. So scary. And I turned, I turned and looked at it and it blew this cold air all over me, like all over the room and made a sound. And I kind of freaked out and I I like ran out of my bedroom and ran down and told my husband. And when we went back up to our bedroom, there was actually like an indent of somebody who sat there. And it was still there. You could still see it. And it was still there. Yeah. So and the room was still really super cold too. When you turned and looked at it, did you see anything or just feel the cold air? I just felt the cold air. Yeah. And it, so- it kind of like hissed at me as it as it blew out the cold air. Oh my gosh. That's so scary. Were you able to sleep in bed that night? Um, yeah, I think so. I think so. I think like once my husband came to bed and I, you know, I just kind of felt like, um, he would protect me if, if the ghost came back again. Wow. What do you think that thing was? I don't have any idea. I'm yeah, I'm not sure what it was, but that's really the only time that something around me like that has, has scared me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about any of the other positive times? Um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, so where we used to live when we, um, when I told you about the person or ghost that sat on my bed, um, we went to the local church and one day at church, there was this old man that walked up in the front and I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen him for a long time. And so then after after the service was over, I went up and I was talking to him. And I walked out and my husband was like, who are you talking to? And I was like, oh, it was the old guy. I haven't seen him for a while. And he was like, oh, I didn't see him up there. But then I was like, that's fine. Yeah. But then I found out later that afternoon that he had died. And so I think he was visiting church like one more time before he before he died. So were you like to everybody else? Did it look like you were just talking to thin air? I think so. Yeah, I think so. What did he say? Um, I just went up to him and I said, oh my gosh, it's really good to see you again. How are you feeling? I know that you've been sick. And he was like, yeah, I feel really great. It's good to be back at church. Um, you know, things like that. And then I just, you know, turned around and left and <laughs> This is why like these stories make me less. I mean, I'm sure if the time, I mean, the time will come when I am dying, uh, I will be scared. But these stories make me feel less afraid of dying because it's like, it seems like people are pretty chill when they're dead. They're like, it's pretty rad. Yeah. I mean, I, I think for them, like, I feel like if you're good in your life, you know, I mean, I have people that I might want to haunt and be scary. (laughs) No, I mean, but um, yeah, I think if you're kind in life, I think it follows you as you go. I'm not really sure, but that's so amazing that you had a conversation with a dead guy. Yep. Did it freak you out when you found out? 
It did. Yep. It really freaked me out because I was like, holy crap. I talked, he was there. I talked to him. I saw him in person. He, he was his normal, regular old man outfit at church type thing. Who told you that he had passed somebody that you went to church with? Um, so we got an email that afternoon from the pastor that he had died that morning, <gasps> but not at church, not at church. No, he was oh really gosh. sick. And so, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Holy cow. Do you ever talk about some of this stuff on stage? I, you know, I haven't yet. Cause I, I don't know how people will necessarily take it, but um, it's also really difficult to, I mean, it, like whenever I'm doing a, I don't know if you've ever written like monologue jokes or whatever, but if I, if I'm ever, whenever I would try to write a monologue joke about a crazy occurrence, it was really hard to get the punchline because the premise is so daunting and, and insane on its own that it's almost like hard to write punchlines about, you know what I mean? Right. It's like an extra it's yeah. It's taking on an extra thing. If you're, if you ever write about like sad stuff, it's like the same thing, you know, it's, it just like makes it a little bit harder, but yeah. That's really cool. It is. Yeah. It's kind of like if you try to make a joke about something that's going on with your health, yeah. you know, it's yeah. kind of like, well, that's not really, that's funny. <laughs> I don't know if other people will laugh at me or if they'll just feel bad for me. Well, we literally met like a couple of weeks ago when I was doing jokes about my health and it's so, and I, and I'm working on them and I'm really trying to make them accessible yeah. about like my gene mutation. But then I'm also working on jokes about why I don't like fruit. Because I need oh. something so down to earth to like right. balance out this thing. It's like, it's, it's hard, you know, it's, it's hard to do it to, to make people like it and also hard to do it emotionally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, um, I was diagnosed with brain disease a couple of years ago and I, 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 I have brain damage from it. And so wow. I'm trying to write this joke about getting lost in a parking ramp because I couldn't find my way out. But it, every time I write it, it just comes out sad. <laughs> I mean, you have the opportunity to really scare the audience because you can be like, I have brain damage. And then you could totally go off the rails and then make the audience wonder if you're actually insane having, having a, like an episode on stage. Right. I mean, it's kind of evil, but I, I don't hate it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry that that happened to you. Um, and I hope that you're okay. Yeah. I mean, it, um, you know, it changed, it kind of changed my life, but, um, you know, in mostly a good way. So other than getting, getting lost in parking ramps. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I've gotten lost in so many parking ramps and I, I have no brain damage that we know of, you know? Um, but do you feel that actually having that experience has brought you closer to spirituality or, or your intuition or whatever you call it that can feel sense entities? Uh, maybe a little bit, because I feel like I really have to live in the moment right now um it affected my memory a little bit and so yeah I feel like I feel like I'm very in the moment I'm very in tune to like what's around me what's going on um so yeah possibly that's wonderful that yeah. is wonderful oh are there any other experiences that you want to talk about you just like casually like yeah I talk to dead people no problem oh, <laughs> um so um I yeah I have a lot um I also had a so I um I traveled to Cuba one time for um kind of a like a volunteer trip and um it was a really challenging trip for me it was the summer there was no air conditioning it was just it wasn't the most pleasant of circumstances yeah. but a couple months later I had this dream that one of the people 
that was in Cuba that I didn't actually met meet ever. Um, he, he came to me in a dream and he was talking to me about different things and, um, you know, people that we had in common. And the next morning I woke up and I was looking at Facebook and it turned out that he had died that night. And so I think he was like, you know, oh my gosh, some sort of, some sort of last goodbye pass. tour. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so this is not the first time this, like this kind of thing has happened to you. No. That's and funny. I probably the, one of the weirdest ones and most recent ones, um, is I had a dream about Tina Turner that like the night that she died <gasps> and she came to me in a dream and she wanted me to go up on stage and like perform with her and wear her, um, like little gold lame dress and, and she was like, just get out there and just do it. Just go dance, just go dance. And I was like, but I'm so jiggly. And she said, oh, honey, it's the jiggle that makes it good. And so I was, I was out on stage with Tina Turner doing like Proud Mary with her dance that she kind of goes up and down in this gold lame outfit, just oh dancing away with Tina Turner. And I think, I think that dream happened because, um, I mean, I think the universe was just trying to tell me to not overthink, like being on stage and telling jokes. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I always want to be great and perfect and, um, it doesn't always really? turn out that way. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if I screw up, that might be the part that makes it fun. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Oh, that's so sweet. And that's also just a good lesson. Like the jiggle <laughs> makes it right. good. Yeah. The jiggle makes it better. Oh, that's so funny. Wow. So you just have totally have a gift. Well, no offense, but I hope you don't dream about me anytime soon. Um, exactly. <laughs> yeah. How did you, were you a big Tina Turner fan? No, I wasn't. I mean, I, um, you know, I was born in the seventies. And so, you know, I kind of remember her, like her private dancer era mm -hmm. when I was, um, in junior high, but she's like, she's not somebody that I think of on a normal basis. Yeah. Ever. Um, and so, yeah, I just woke up from the dream thinking that it was like this most, one of the most amazing experiences that I'd ever had as part of a dream. Yeah. Um, and then when she, when I found out that she had passed away it, um, you know, it kind of freaks you out when that type of stuff happens. You know, I, I don't, I don't know why these people have visited me to be honest yeah. with you. You know, I, I, I kind of felt a little bit honored for lack of better word that Tina Turner came to my dream and, you know, we had fun dancing and I feel like she left me with a really great life lesson. Yeah. So when you're lucid dreaming, what kind of stuff do you choose to do? Maybe I don't lucid dream. I'm sorry. I thought lucid dreaming was like very visual, very. And it means that you uh, can change your dream. So you're like, oh, I'm dreaming. Oh. I'm going to fly. You know, I've, um, I've tried to do that. I've, people have told me like, I've, I've seen, um, psychics and they've told me that I should try and do it. And I just have never been able to mm -hmm. so, Does psychics pick up on the fact. Oh no, it's fine. Just psychics pick up on the fact that you are a little bit more in touch than most clients. Yeah, she is. Yeah. I've gone to her a couple of times and, um, both times have, she's, called people that have passed away. Um, and they were both really like really amazing experiences just to, um, you know, hear her say what, what they would have said when they were alive. Um, you know, 
who did you speak to if you want to talk about it or if you don't um, then so, it's too personal um, her name is Michaela and she has an organization called Clarity LLC um and she just has some sort of a gift where she will literally basically turn into the person oh my gosh like ghosts yeah wow yeah like Whoopi Goldberg character in Ghost oh wow is that freaky to hear the exact words coming out of somebody else's mouth um it actually was really comforting um I um I've had a lot of uh close family that has passed away um relatively young I had two aunt and uncle that passed away really young and, Mm -hmm. and um my aunt said um, the words to, to Michaela that she said, to, they were the last words that I remember her telling me when I left her. Oh my God. Um, and then my uncle used to always call me kid. He would mm-hmm. always say, Hey kid, what's going on? And, um, she started with, um, he wants me to tell you, Hey kid. That's so beautiful. So I, I, I feel like if I got to do that, yeah. I would be so overwhelmed by like who to talk to and what to ask them. But did, oh. does she take the reins or like, how does that work? Um, I kind of, I kind of came in with the topic that I wanted to talk to her about. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I made a choice kind of with my, my family of origin where I um, cut off contact with them, but I was feeling really guilty about it. And mm-hmm. so I just wanted to know what my grandma and aunt and uncle would have said about it. And um, they were all for it. So that's um, so feeling, feeling wonderful. better about that's amazing yeah and then I um I went to the same woman again because my dog my dog Oliver um he got hit by a car during COVID we were running I'm in our so basement it was it was pr- it was one of the worst worst days of my life and oh my God. I went for a year without even being able to talk about him without completely falling apart or think thinking about him and yeah. so um, I went to her and I talked about him and she knew, you know, I just wanted to make sure that he knew that I was there and he wasn't really in pain. And, uh, I had some anger toward my husband because my husband had opened the door and then Oliver, my dog, Oliver ran out across yeah. the street to go visit somebody. Um, and so Oliver told her that it was, wasn't anybody's fault and that he wasn't listening. Um, but then he also told her, um, that I was hiding his items away, like his, his toys and things. And he wanted me to put them out so that he was able to get them when he came to visit me at night. (gasps) Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, And Oliver and I, we like, we have this connection that I have never had with another animal that I've rarely even had with another human being. And uh, Michaela basically said he and I have had relationships throughout the course of life where I've been the dog and he's been the owner or um I know this sounds really crazy but no, um, I'm kind of into all this so yeah, yeah um, I'm, where, I'm a believer um, um somehow in World War II I was um I was a Nazi officer during World War II. Oh no, this is bad news. I know. I know. Apparently I haven't always been an amazing human but Oliver was my girlfriend and he, he was on the other side then. And so apparently somebody killed me cause I was a Nazi, which I'm glad about. Cause yeah. you know. <laughs> I watch a lot, like a lot of spiritual TikToks and kids will say to their parents, remember when I was your 
dad or your mom oh, or I was yeah. your grandma. Yeah. And you know, I still miss Oliver so much, but I, you know, if I think about him, he'll actually come to me and I'll feel, I'll feel him like lean up against my leg or I'll like, if I'm in bed at night and I'm missing him, I'll just start talking to him and I'll feel him come up and, and land in bed next to me and like lay in the space that he always used to lay with me. That's amazing. And did you obviously take his toys out for him? I did. Yep, I did. Yep. And then I was also concerned because we had another dog or we have another dog and or we adopted another dog after he died. And I was always worried that he would be mad and he would be mad. Yeah. And, um, so he told Michaela that he knew that I was still the number one. And that as long as I didn't let the new dogs, new dog play with his toys, that everything was still okay. <gasps> oh my gosh. Oh, yep. But so you have to keep those toys separate. I do. Yeah. That's I have a box in my bedroom with, um, with his, a couple of his toys in there and they're all kind of sticking out so that he can come and grab them if he, if he wants to. Do you ever find that they're moved around or anything? I haven't noticed that. No. Yeah. I, sometimes I think that maybe it's moved just a little bit, but you know, I could have moved it to walking yeah. by it or something. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. Oh, I love uh, this. Yeah. This is yeah, how I mean, you never, yeah, I, I would always, um, tell my husband that um, Oliver was my third, but sometimes second favorite person after my daughter and him. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. He was just one in a billion. It sounds like you're pretty pro psychic. Is there anything that scares you about going to a psychic or have they told you anything that you're like, Oh no, no, I have to worry about that. Um, She did tell me that she felt like there was um, a male spirit, a comedy on state that kept trying to drag me down. I mean, that's just kind of like at any comedy club. There are many male spirits that try to drag you down. And that's <laughs> know, just like exactly. a comedy club. Yeah. Right. But that's, um, that's crazy. I mean, I've also heard that the comedy on state is, um, which haunted. for listeners, that's the comedy club in Madison, Wisconsin, and it rules. It's awesome. But yes, I've heard it's haunted. Yeah. Have you ever yeah, felt anything I, there? I have, I have felt something there. Like I have felt something that's negative in there but I just I don't know I just try and brush it off because there's I feel like I pick up on people's energy too and so um I try and just block that out when I'm there so that I can hang around people talk to people and get ready to hopefully get up on stage yeah yeah Oh man. And also it's a subterranean comedy club. So there's like just a little spooky element of being in this giant maze like basement. Yeah. These have been amazing stories. Are there any other ones you would like to tell? Um, I mean, I guess I just have one more, which, um, it, it, it was a little bit, it was a little bit strange just because it kind of freaked me out a little bit, but I, I ride my bike a lot in the town that I live in. Um, and there's a big Catholic church here that's been here forever. And there's a little bit of a shortcut that goes kind of behind the the church. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was riding my bike on there one day and the cemetery is right behind there. And I looked and I'm like, oh, isn't that amazing? They're having a party out there in the cemetery with all these people. And I was just like looking from person to person to person, thinking how dressed up they were and how amazing they looked and how beautiful they were and then I rode some more and I was like I think these are all dead people 
So then I stopped my bike and I, I, cause I was a little bit past and then I turned around and they were all gone. Oh my point. gosh. Oh my gosh. You just got chills up and down my back. That is so scary. And that was, that was, it was a, it was a weird one because it was, there were, there were people never, I've never walked around the cemetery. I don't really know who's buried in there, but yeah. it's, the cemetery's been there forever. And so like people were dressed differently. Like there were some women with some flowery hats on and, you know, some men that looked like they were from the 1920s, you know, some kids that were like playing basketball and, um, so just like lots of different eras, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. So it's so strange because it's like, like if there's an afterlife, like what, I mean, I guess this is now like, what is time and stuff, but like, it's like, what did you, th- what do you think that was? Like, do you think it was just like their energy that's still there that like, you got a visual version of it or something? Um, or do you think it was happening I, in real time? I, I, to be honest, I think that they were having some kind of a party. Like it was a very festive party-ish atmosphere. That's so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, you know, when I, when I rode by, I remember thinking, well, that's really weird. Cause usually when they're doing things, they're doing them kind of in this big front, they have a big football field there and they'll usually do them out, out there. And so I was like, it's really weird that they're all, they're all in the cemetery today. And did any of them look at yeah. you? Did they like acknowledge your presence? I don't, I don't think so. I don't remember that, yeah. but like, I do remember feeling like it was a really happy, like it was a really happy place. Well, Lisa, this has been an amazing episode. I'm so excited for this one. Um, please tell everyone where they can find you. Um, what plug anything you would like to plug listeners, Lisa's internet cut out at this point. So I am going to do her plugs for her. Uh, Lisa's name is Lisa Quam. That is Q-U-A-M. And her she is at Quamity on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Her website is QuamityWI.com. And she's got shows next week in Milwaukee and some the first week of September. Um, so you can find her on her website. Thanks so much for listening. You can also find me on my website, emilywintercomedy.com. I'm at Emily MC Winter on uh, Instagram and threads. And we have an Instagram account for this podcast. So please follow it. Okay. Thank you. I hope you loved this episode as much as I did. Have a good week.